Okay, hello everyone and welcome to Actus Radio, the nation's only radio program dedicated to the clinical documentation improvement profession. Actus Radio is a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and to Actus. Today, Wednesday, September 26, marks our 106th program. So my name is Brian Murphy, Director of Actus, the Association of Clinical Documentation Improvement Specialists, and I'm your host for today's program, CDI Dream Team. Speaking of Dream Team, I am joined today by my co-host, Penny Richards, who I think many of you know from our certification program. She is the coordinator for the Actus Certified Clinical Documentation Specialist, or CCDS, credentialing program. Penny's responsibilities, of which there are many not listed here, include managing the certification and recertification processes, uh, spot auditing applications, maintaining our lists, processing delivery of certificates and pins, and answering a growing number of employer inquiries about certification verification. I'm having her on to help me co-host today's show, but also do a a special uh, frequently asked questions session at the end of the program. So welcome, Penny. Hi, Brian. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thanks, Penny. Next, I'd like to introduce our two special industry guests today. You can see them on your screen. We have with us Pauline O'Dowd. Uh, Pauline is an RN, BSC, CCRN, CCDS, and CDIP, and is Managing Director of CDI at Huron Healthcare in Chicago, Illinois. By way of brief background, Pauline has considerable background in CDI and clinical education. She's been an RN for over 35 years with a clinical background in critical care, major injuries, burns, and emergency medicine. Um, she has uh, her expertise in, in includes benchmarking opportunities and appropriate outcome management techniques as they integrate into continuous quality documentation and improvement. And I'm thrilled to have her on her first Actus Radio. So welcome, Pauline. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And we also have with us today Pauline's colleague, uh, Jerry Berg, MSN, RN, CCDS. Jerry is the National Lead for Huron's Clinical Documentation Improvement Solution Practice. Over the last 17 years, Jerry has led large-scale CDI implementation efforts working with a variety of clients, including children's hospitals, large academic medical centers, and multi-hospital systems. Uh, Like Pauline, she has an extensive background in healthcare, um, including operations management and and CDI. She's held management positions in a large healthcare organization, as well as a national consulting firm. And I'm also very pleased to have her on the program. So welcome, Jerry. Hello, good morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. All right. I'm going to start, as I always do, with a uh, poll question related to today's topic. I asked you to please take a look at the results, the uh, options, and pick the one that pertains best to your situation. So the question reads for our listening audience, how would you describe the relationship between your CDI department in your HIM coding department? Would you describe it as excellent, a seamless team? Uh, describe it as good, maybe the occasional disagreement that creeps in day-to-day work. Uh, fair, maybe some turf battles, a little bit of infighting. Uh, poor, 
which we're describing as a lack of trust between the two departments and or widespread dysfunction or don't know or not applicable. As I like to say at every Actus Radio show, not all of our audience is, is working at a acute care hospital setting. Yeah. So again, how would you describe the relationship between your CDI department and your HIM coding department? Excellent, uh, good, fair, poor, or don't know, not applicable. Um, I actually had a question from one of our audience members who asked if I could share the number of responses. So I'll let you know on the back end caller, but we have over 500 uh, attendees of this program, so 528 or so folks that are answering this poll with about 82% vote rate. Hope that answers your question, and we will uh, come back to the results a little bit later on the show as we do. Okay, as I mentioned, our guests today are Pauline O'Dowd, Jerry Berg. Pauline and Jerry, welcome to the program, and thanks for being a part of Actus Radio. Um, let's jump right into this topic at hand. I know it's, um, I, I love the title you came up with, by the way, CDI Dream Team. Um, as our listeners know, and you guys probably know, we just celebrated CDI Week last week. Our theme was CDI Mosaic, which is symbolic of the variety of individuals that contribute to a successful CDI program and process. Unfortunately, we know that's not always the case, and I think our survey results may bear that out. Um, so maybe Jerry and Pauline, I thought you could open by talking about some of the problems you were seeing in the industry from a teamwork or collaboration perspective and what gives rise to these issues. You know, is it something you're seeing in the culture of organizations or is it something I, which I've, I've heard personally, uh, something inherent in the relationship of CDI versus coding or both? Well, Brian, um, over the years that, that I've been in CDI, 16 years, uh, what we have noticed is that there's a lot of discussion around outcomes and measurement, but there's really not a lot of discussion around nurturing the team. Um, and we see the team as the clinical documentation specialists, the coding professionals, and how they work together, and of course, the healthcare providers. Uh, they are the foundation to the success of, uh, of any CDI program. And we also use words like, you know, communication and collaboration. But are we really communicating and collaborating? And, and what does that look like? So this is where we came up with the dream team concept, because this is what we do focus on. I mean, if you're truly communicating, you are listening, you're open minded um, because you want to understand the outcomes you're trying to achieve as a team. And of course, collaboration is around seeking a solution, sometimes even conflict resolution strategy. So I don't think it's necessarily or could be part of a culture, but, but it, of course it can be. But this is why we came up with the, uh, with the dream team approach. Excellent. Thanks, Pauline. Anything to add there, Jerry? No, I think it, it says it well. Obviously, we, we look for good communication and good collaboration and really digging into the, the meaning of those two words and pulling out the value of communicating and collaborating as a unified team. This is Penny. What does a good CDI HIM coding relationship look like? How can they successfully collaborate with one another? 
And if they've got a bad relationship, what benefits can they expect to realize when they improve it? Yeah, sure. Um, I believe that Pauline described it as that communication and collaboration to be the key drivers of that successful relationship. I think when you have a poor relationship, you need to identify the root cause. What's the root cause? The root cause is essential to figure out because sometimes it's different. I think one common theme we like we see a lot is that the coding and CDI teams see themselves as disparate teams and that they um, indeed are a hand in glove operation and trying to be successful is imperative to strategize and to facilitate that one team approach. I think to get the teams to really believe that they are unified in this effort and that they all are there to achieve the same goals and outcomes. Um, utilize reports and feedbacks that provide for that team credit, because I think we, we all want to be given credit for the successful programs that we have. I think sometimes we see where CDI uh, and coding feel that uh, the CDI team is taking the credit for it. So without repairing this relationship, I think we minimize the quality of the medical record uh, documentation, and then we're not ultimately credited with benefits that are well-deserved for the organization. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, I, I, I hear that too, that the, the, the battle over credit, uh, unfortunately, can lead to, to turf battles where, you know, CDI departments are um, tied to uh, some degree of ROI and they have to prove that. And so, you know, landing a successful query, quote unquote, that moves a DRG is a, is a metric, is a metric for success. Uh, but, you know, who, who actually did that? Was it the coding on the back end? Was it the CDI query that prompted it? Um, and it unfortunately can lead to some of those territorial battles. But some good advice there. Mm -hmm. um, maybe we can talk a little bit about, speaking of dream teams, CDI certainly can't do what they do without the uh, the teamwork and the buy-in of, of healthcare providers. So how would you describe, you know, what, what, what in your opinion is the ideal relationship of CDI professionals to the provider themselves? How would you describe it? And, and sort of related to this topic and a topic I'm very interested in is, is the sort of the changing nature of the profession with the advent of electronic prompts, uh, increasingly remote work. Is, is, that, is, this, is it making this relationship with the provider more difficult? Um, well, I think, Brian, having going back to that team approach, having that uh, the mutual respect um, for the individual's professional skill set. So in other words, the team is a team, but they understand their individual roles within that team. So the team is taking credit. But the professional coders are vital in helping the clinical staff really understand the verbiage necessary for reporting the codes and adhering to the coding guidelines, but the CDS is within that team framework are vital in helping the coding staff to understand that clinical picture and working closely together. Um, and then of course, the healthcare providers to keep them engaged for sustainability and the longevity of a program is the physicians understanding the why. Why do they need to get engaged? What's in it for them? How are they making an impact? Um, and also bringing in the remote people. We do see a lot of remote CDSs now, um, and they could be a good 
adjunct to a robust team, but you cannot beat the building of a relationship with the healthcare provider that they are on site at some point. Um, these three disciplines need to be very closely aligned for, for that dream team, for that dream team approach. And as for the prompts, you know, there's a lot of debate in our arena about that, but you know they're prompts. That's exactly what they are, they're prompts. The computer-assisted coding or the CAC will pick up every diagnosis. Um, it is up to the clinical documentation specialist and the coding professional to use their critical thinking skills. Otherwise, incorrect data could be reported. I know we've got some examples later on, but the dream team approach and using their critical thinking skills would avoid this, working together concurrently. Right. Yeah, I think Penny's got a question about that actually coming up that hopefully we can address mm -hmm. a little bit here on the show. Yes, there has been a lot of talk about how computer-assisted coding and natural language processing can help improve the depth and efficiency of CDI reviews, but they can also lead to inappropriate queries if they're not monitored closely. How can your dream team approach help with this technology piece? Is there an example you can share with us? Yeah, I think um, we see the documentation specialist as the reviewers of the medical record and really not relying on the prompts. Um, they should be using, as Pauline said, those critical thinking skills to identify those documentation opportunities and ensuring that they're captured from the physician documentation. I think the value of the CDI team is that you have strong clinical and coding expertise. They, they identify all those disease processes and those that are apparent as well as those that are not and develop that pathway to ensure all those diagnoses are captured. I think the computer-assisted coding piece, I think was designed for coding professionals. Um, however, I still think that the coding professional's responsibility is to read that medical record and accurately, while validating those prompts, uh, apply appropriate and, and ultimately only the coding that's appropriate as you know, the prompts have been given to. Um, this will minimize those inappropriate queries and inaccurate coding. I think some of what we see now is that the CAC picks up the whole medical record. And it really does sometimes lead you down a path of, you know, the, the fact of the matter is there was a pneumonia documented in the problem list. But the problem list wasn't updated, and so the problem list was from uh, three months ago, but the patient did not have pneumonia today. So when the CAC prompted, if the co medical record uh, professional or the coding professional did not read that medical record thoroughly, she's applying that pneumonia code inappropriately. So I think when you look at the dream team approach, you look at identifying the skill sets of these individuals and most importantly, utilizing those skill sets of those individuals, the critical thinking skills, the coding expertise, and bringing that together along with the computer-assisted coding to come up with the most appropriate, accurately coded, documented record. That's excellent. Thank you very much, Jerry. Um, I wanted to work in just a couple comments. We've got more comments today than questions from our audience, but just I thought this would help to lend a little perspective what we're talking about here. Uh, one of our listeners writes, 
we have very little staff communication. Not sure where that fits in. Uh, they have no conflict, but no communication. So I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing. Um, someone else writes, I think the remote aspect of the coding and CDI team hinders the relationship needed to form a cohesive team. There has been a lot of debate about remote CDI and the benefits it offers, which are considerable, you know, further reach, job satisfier, um, but how, how does it affect the relationship? Um, and a third comment is we built a very succinct and collaborative CDI coding team through meetings, reviewing the coding and query writing practice with a case study approach. But however, this person writes, the team has been split into two different products. So I wonder if that's an electronic product where the coding and CDI staff cannot see one another's logic with coding and querying raising quite a bit of concern amongst both sides of the team. So perhaps a, a solution that was not a solution introduced to the team here. Um, interesting. And then she also writes, both teams feel the lines of communication have been broken and we're trying to establish new lines of communication without creating greater levels of work for both sides. So again, uh, sometimes these products can, they're, they're, it's, it's hard to do this job without assistive support, and, but it, they, they can introduce new, new complexities and perhaps uh, fractured relationships that need to be maintained interesting stuff a lot more coming in as well um, maybe we can wrap up with a short discussion here guys just on if someone did listen to this program and we've read some comments that have some issues maybe they want to implement some of the dream team approaches you outlined on today's program how would you recommend they get started with that um Thank you for all those comments, by the way. That is exactly what we're seeing out in the CDI world. Um, so if you want to get started, communication, let's discuss that a little minute, um, is getting together as a team because the CDI professionals, coding professionals are a team. Um, defining the program's goals and equally clarifying each other's roles so you understand where you fall within your team. Often collaborating um, through shadowing helps other people as well. Now I know that can be difficult with remote coding or remote CDSs, but you figuring out how to work with a coder, whether you're sitting next to them or virtually and watch them go through a record and understand their thought process is worth the effort. And you're building that mutual trust and respect because you recognize how each other goes into a chart. That is the dream team approach. Um, that brings us on to mutual respect for each other's role and the willingness to be helpful with information, sharing expertise, clinical and coding. We all should be able to speak up in a safe educational environment. So if, you, if the coding professional wants to discuss a clinical picture, then she or he should be able to do that and vice versa, help me understand the coding clinic, help me understand those guidelines that you've applied to the chart because you hear me say this many, you, people hear me say this many times, we all have an opinion, but what is the literature that supports it? The next piece is to get together, have structured meetings where the CDSs and the coding professionals are coming together. You can even invite the physician champions to come in and speak on a particularly difficult case. Um, keep an agenda, keep the minutes, but also develop it. And finally, develop a shared library. 
that's an educational resource. Education should be an expectation. Safe communication should be an expectation. All the topics that you discuss and then you save in some shared area um, on any of the topics that you want to discuss. Pneumonias, gram-negative pneumonia, hot topic, sepsis, hot topic, malnutrition, hot topic. Have the outcomes up on that shared folder. But getting together, whether it's virtually or in a room, it cannot be beaten for that face-to-face -face interaction and nursing of the dream team approach. Not nursing, I'm sorry, nurturing <laughs> of the dream team approach. That's terrific. I, I, I love the comments, Pauline, about uh, shadowing, getting together, safe communication, um, using the same educational library, having it open to all, so you're all learning from the same um, joint materials are some great ideas. You know, again, we've got some, just some great comments coming in that um, introduce some um, probably some new new problems and and some new fracturing and, and and they're related to things like offshore coding. You know, folks that are have outsourced their coding. I would imagine that introduces a whole new level of complexity. One is is uh, overseas. That's a whole um, new that's a whole new show, Brian. I know. It could be a whole <laughs> yeah, new show. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what else here? Yeah. Also, um, hospital mergers. You know, we had a great team, but now we're part of a larger system of hospitals. So our relationship with coders have deteriorated. We're not one specific facility any any longer. So, um, you know, we're seeing a ton of mergers right now in the in the hospital industry. And, and what what hasn't been addressed is necessarily the, uh, the the way that's changed working relationships when when folks were in a single hospital. Agree. That could be a whole other show. And we don't have time for that today, but we uh, that's a great uh, topic for a future show. I think for now yeah, I'd, I'd like to go back to yeah, thanks again guys let's let's take a look at our our uh, polling results and and see what they have to say. Again, we did ask our audience how would you describe the relationship between your CDI department and your HIM coding departments? So um, some good news here you know about twenty percent describe it as excellent, a seamless team. 50% uh, our majority describe it as good with occasional disagreements, but almost a quarter are either in the fair or, or poor category, um, you know, with either turf battles and or a, a lack of trust or widespread dysfunction. Again, I, I was asked how many folks had weighed in on this poll. It was at the time it was about 520 folks that were on the line, about 80% rate. So what's that? About 400 or so respondents answered this poll. So any any questions, uh, any thoughts from you guys, Pauline, Jerry, about the results? Anything surprise you or not? No, I don't think anything not... surprises us. Yeah, very happy mm -hmm. to see that a lot of the programs do have 50% of them are occasionally uh, have very good 52%. Um, and then the excellent is, is tremendous. I think the, yes, the individuals really that don't have obviously you know, can you can utilize some of the strategies that really have been talked about today? And I think the one comment that was made about communication, communication is essential um, to really exchange information and express the express of your feelings so that you can come to an understanding. Uh, and I think that's where maybe would help the, the teams that really feel that this is lacking uh, in their program. 
Yeah, thanks very much. Really appreciate that, guys. Um, all right, so let's move on to our final segment of the show. So typically, for our regular listeners of Actus Radio, they know we'd be I'd be bringing you our in the news segment of the program. But in lieu of that, and from the fact that we have a very special co-host on today's show, Penny Richards, we did want to bring you some important updates, uh, frequently asked questions, and reminders about our CCDS program straight from our CCDS coordinator. So I'm going to be asking Penny some of our FAQs, and uh, hopefully this will prove helpful to those that either are thinking about the certification and or maybe do for renewal of certification or just want to hear some statistics about where we are with our certification program. So, Penny, let's just start with how many people do possess the CCDS these days? I updated that number just a little while ago, Brian. We've got 4,243 people with an active CCDS. That's a great number. We also have 112 people whose status is suspended. That means their recertification is more than six months overdue. But the good news is that they can still recertify by submitting the completed application with proof of their CEUs, the regular recertification fee, and unfortunately, a $150 late fee. We will revoke their CCDS when it becomes one year overdue. All right, excellent. Thanks, Penny. You know, we, we had a uh, exam update that occurred this past summer that caused a little bit of angst, but um, was done for a very specific reason, and we now have a better version of the exam moving forward. So could you talk just a little bit about what, what that was all about? Sure. That was a routine update, Brian. Uh, it's something we do every year so that we can keep the exam content current to the expectations of those performing the role. We adjusted some questions and answer choices and eliminated others that were outdated or no longer accurate. We take these actions because uh, of things like coding guidelines and shifts in the industry trends. The changes were not significant enough to require a new edition of the CCDS exam study guide. A lot of people comment that the exam covers more than what they find in that study guide. And that's because the study guide is just that, it's a guide, it's not a blueprint. Exam candidates need to prepare by doing more than just reviewing that study guide. The exam candidate's handbook, which can be downloaded off the ACTUS website, includes valuable advice on how to prepare well for the exam. Visit actus.org, click on the certification tab at the top of the page, and at the pull down, click on how to apply and you'll be able to download that exam candidate's handbook. Thanks, Penny. I'm actually pulling it up and showing as you're speaking. All right. We did talk a little bit about if someone is planning to apply, what do they need to know and where that information can be found. You recommend the um, going to the handbook page. Is that the best spot for it? Yes, everything is listed right on the website. On that page, they will find eligibility requirements. They're very clearly explained, as well as in the exam candidate's handbook. In a nutshell, everybody has to have a minimum of two years of experience working as a clinical documentation specialist. And again, they'll find everything they need on that how to apply page. 
Thanks, Penny. Again, this can be found right here on the ACTUS website. If you hover over our certification tab, you will find um, everything you need here for the certification. You know, let's talk a little bit, Penny, in the last couple of minutes about recertification. I know that this is a frequently asked question. Um, if a CCDS holder is due to recertify, what are some of the common questions you've been receiving about timelines, CEUs, and, and where can you point our members to, for help with resources? Just about everybody who reaches out to me needs to know when their recertification is due. And that's easy enough to figure out. It's due every two years on the anniversary or the day that they pass the exam. They can find that date in one of two places. It's on the certificate and it's on their exam score sheet. If you can't find either one of those documents, you need to email me and I will reply with your due date. My email address is prichards at actus.org. We are working on some improvements to our webpage, which would include things like the ability for folks to look this up on their own. So let's just say somebody passed the exam on September 26, 2016, two years ago. Their research is due today, and it will be due again on this day in 2020, 2022, 2024, and so on. It's a smart idea to put a note in your calendar so you can be on top of it and recertify on time. We send email reminders, but we send it to the email address on file in the CCDS database. And if people have moved or changed their jobs and we don't have the right email address, then we can't contact them. And it's not our responsibility if someone's certification lapses because we don't have a current email address. So please make sure you update that with me as soon as you can. Okay, terrific, thanks Penny. Um, just to wrap up, I don't have time to cover this in any depth. We're at the top of the hour here on our program, but if you are interested in learning more about the certification, again, you can find it here on actus.org. We are working on an outpatient certification, CCDSO, which is in progress now and is expected to be ready uh, for deployment um, in a delayed testing mode in January of 2019. So if you'd like to read more about the CCDSO, that is also available on actus.org. All right. Well, that is going to do it for today's edition of Actus Radio. Again, I want to thank you all for listening today and for the great comments and uh, questions sent to, uh, to Jerry and Pauline. Great job today, Jerry and Pauline. Love to have you back on the show at a future date. Um, so in two weeks, our next topic will be building a best practice HCC audit program on Wednesday, October 10th. Hope to see you all there. As I always say, if you have any other ideas or suggestions for future guests, ideas about the format of the show, please send me an email at bmurphy at actus.org. That will do it today, folks. Take care, and we'll see you back here in two weeks.